Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures in Movies, where we talk about the Indian genre films you've never heard of, the ones you can't hear enough about, and the ones you never want to hear about again. My name is Nathaniel Muir, and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. Joining me in these ongoing adventures is the host who has never learned how to cook because revenge is a dish best served cold. <laughs> Ain't that true? <laughs> it's, a, it's like a nice ceviche revenge. <laughs> I'm like, what's up? Complete with tuna and shrimp. <laughs> I eat tuna. Yeah, I eat tuna. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's uh, September the 14th. So I, I feel like I, I compelled to tell I t- actually tell this joke every year, but I will do it anyways. Knock, knock. Who's there? 9-11. 9-11 who? I thought you said you'd never forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's all right. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. <laughs> that's a soft uh, one. That's a soft one. Super soft. Yeah. I um I went uh, I was walking through Veterans Park the other day and there was like or I, I went swimming on Saturday I went swimming and uh, there was a shitload of, of cars there and there was all these uh, tents up and I was like oh um, I guess they're having like some kind of but it was early it was like eight in the morning I was like oh must maybe it's like a, um, they have like food trucks or vendors up for like a peewee football game, peewee league yeah. or whatever. And then I noticed there's all these people running around the park with um, they they have the uh, the American flag and stuff. And then uh, afterwards, I got home. I was talking to Regina. I was like, oh, something's going on at the park. I was like, there's people running around. She was like, oh, it's for 9-11. I was like, oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. I was like, do you think it's called the 9-11 fun run? <laughs> <laughs> 9-11, I've realized, it is, it's sad 4th of July. Sad 4th of July. <laughs> it's, it's like a very melancholy, sad, like, patriotic day for America. And it, it's strange. I hope we incorporate fireworks into it soon. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't yet because we I'm... incorporate fireworks in everything. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I think it's so sad. And I, you know, I guess it's telling of my age, but uh, I work with someone who had no idea what the challenger was, like, at all. Oh, Jeez. and uh see he's 30 but i was like okay like i i i knew about the moon land i knew about jfk being assassinated like i knew about manson and i knew about yeah. Woodstock. i wasn't alive for these things that how can you the challenger is like a huge pretty i mean big, pretty big deal it's a it was the biggest deal in my i mean there was that the berlin wall and uh i mean that was it for the longest time and then you know shit hit the fan with <laughs> And everything and then and yeah. now we're where we are oh, but um the challenger was huge he didn't remember that i mean he had no idea what that was and then uh 9-11 he kind of he knew what it was and he was he was like five when it happened i think he was telling me but oh, um yeah he was just like it, it wasn't that big of a deal to him not not that it wasn't yeah. a big deal like his trip but he was just like eh, you know ah dude so like uh my my uh my my guy i work with uh i love the guy but we were talking about the same stuff, and I think he was like seven or something when it happened. Yeah, and I was like, dude, yeah, no, I was a freshman in college. Like, I was, I was at, I was away from home. You know, I was like uh, experiencing adulthood for the first time, and yeah. so like our perspectives of that day in particular, just like the events of the day, drastically different. I mean, wildly different. And like my memories of the years afterwards, you know, I, you know, I was traveling and doing stuff and it, everything changed and everything. And I had all these memories and recollections, recollections that he had no, no bearing on. And it just, it weirded me out. I was like, dude, how, yeah, I guess that's true. He's just people, people were younger <laughs> or they didn't, they weren't even born. Yeah. It, it's the weirdest thing. Like, but yeah. I don't know, like I, I'm thinking it, it's kind of, yeah, it's a little bit of age, but it's also how crazy the world is, I think, because, um, I would think, because like like you, I have very vivid memories of 9-11. It's one of those, like, I knew where it was oh. when I was when I first heard about it. Like, one of those type of things. And there's not a lot of those in your life. Right. But uh, at least there wasn't. But now it seems like there's so many that there should be that none of them are at all. Mm. Like, like, there was yeah. no president, former presidents being indicted when we were, there was no grab them by the pussy. There was no yeah. fucking, there was no war when I was a kid. There's, I mean, there was fear of war and there was, you know, whatever was going on in the Falklands and Afghanistan and, and you know, but uh, there was no, U- like, what's going on with the Ukraine and Russia right now? Like, nothing like right. that. Like, right. No, yeah. it's, it's a crazy, cra- and then, of course, like, the stuff that's happening in this country with the, the, shootings, the, the and... shootings and all that i mean yeah there was gang violence but looking back on it which was so frightening to me oh, I, it was so frightening it's like um 
it's child's play. I mean, it is nothing. And I don't want to, I don't want to dismiss the fact that lots of people died in during that. I mean, it was horrible. What was going on? I mean, you would hear about, it seemed like every single drive-by then now you don't, if at least seven to 10 people don't die, you don't hear about it. And that's sad. Dude, uh, you're right. And like, I I mean, there's a thing here in El Paso on the uh, Instagram or what a fit fam or whatever it is. I think it's all, they're all over the country, I think. But um, oh, I didn't know that. (laughs) They may not be. I thought they were kind of like a syndicated thing, but I could be wrong. To hundreds of thousands of of viewers and stuff, and it's like honestly, it's a great place to get your news if uh, if you don't want to pick a like a news outlet. Mm. And the yeah, there's shootings every week in El Paso, like crazy, crazy shootings. And yeah, back when we were growing up, yeah, the nasty boys would shoot up a like a theater, like drive by a theater, and it would be like a huge deal. Nobody would have gotten hurt. You know, but it would have been like, oh, they they fired a gun. You know, now it's like, no, people are multiple people getting shot all the time. It, it's remember there was that uh, it wasn't open for very long, but there was an underage club. Uh, oh, and there was a shooting that's a great there. Idea. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. There was an underage club, and uh, there was a shooting, and it, and it was a huge. I don't even, I don't remember the name of it, but they had they ended up closing it down because there was a shooting there. Yeah, I mean now like it's so crazy, like. I'll hear about a, a shooting that happened like weeks after the fact. I'm like, where yeah. was this? It's like, oh, it was in Albuquerque. Uh, yeah, like two people died. You didn't hear about that? I'm like, well, it was only two people. Yeah, it was only like, two people. So. It, it's super sad. No, it's crazy. The world we're living in, man, that's why we watch movies. Exactly. <laughs> Take me away, sir. Please do. Uh, um, we have some movie news. It's kind of strange. Uh, Murder, she wrote. Now we're fans of um, mysteries. We've talked about it. Like we like whodunits. We like the wacky ensembles and just yep. just straight up mysteries are fun. Uh, Murder, she wrote was always aimed towards, at least to me, it was for like the older crowd, the much Definitely. older crowd. But yeah, um, I, like it, yeah. I, I, I watched it. I, I I don't think I ever watched it when it was new. Honestly, like it seemed I was it was on USA. I, I would always watch it on USA. Like. I mean, um, Angela Lansbury was awesome, and Jessica Fletcher was a cool character. Like, it was kind of very wholesome and like innocent, even though there was lots of murder in it. But uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was cool. It was really cool. I, I liked the shit out of it. I mean, I grew up watching uh, like uh, uh, Masterpiece Theater and all those mysteries oh. at the Perot and all that. Poirot. Agatha Christie's uh, Poirot, all that stuff on uh, PBS, I guess, is what we watched yeah. it on. And uh, yeah, and then you know, my I remember going to hang out with my grandmother, right? And like they, she would have well, Murder She Wrote on and all that. Stuff. But it is like if you go back and you, it was also one of those things that I was like, holy shit, it was on forever. That's yeah. twelve years, man. That's a long <laughs> time. I know it's still really popular in syndication. I know it has like this, like this kind of fan base that's going along with it. So I think we've talked about how only murders in the building and all this stuff. We've got this like kind of upswell for stuff like this. And uh, I'm, I'm here for it, man. Uh, do we, do we know who's going to be playing the, the she? Nothing yet. So they're going to be remaking it uh, a movie, which is uh, I don't know. That's interesting too. Cause um, I'm surprised that for as popular as the show was, I'm surprised. Show, yeah. They, they haven't remade it for all the shows that they've remade and all the shows they've remade into movies. I'm surprised this hasn't come along yet. Um, yeah. Not surprised that it is coming along, but I'm surprised it's taken so long. But uh, no, no, no one's been. Ca- all I know is it's going to be done through a universal, but no, okay. no one's been attached to it yet. So my question to you is who should play Jessica Fletcher? See, I was thinking like, I don't know why the very first I, I like Julianne Moore. So I I'm like Julianne Moore. She's too glamorous because. I and I may I don't know how she is in real life. Maybe it's just the parts that she plays, and which is not to say that Angela Lansbury was like a dog or anything, but like she's more down to earth. And Julianne yeah. Moore seems like she's she's like a movie. She's super glamorous. And so yeah. she great actress, but I I don't know if visually it would work. I mean, they can tweak this story around, but so man, me, I could see it though. I could see it. She did. I would cast Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. The only difference is like the the big problem is uh, if they stick with it. Jessica Fletcher was a writer. I've never heard Ric Flair string together a coherent sentence. In <laughs> <laughs> he may not be capable. I don't think he, he is. So. He may not be capable. Oh uh, man, who could do it? Uh, I would. Uh, my my serious answer is Bridget Fonda. I, I think that uh, I, I don't okay. know. If she's, it's been a while since she's acted, but uh, I think she has the look, which is not to say she's homely or anything. But right, right. I think she has the the look, and uh, I think she she is a good actress. And I think she uh, kind of like 
if they go with the writer character, I, I, she's believable as totally, <laughs> totally believable. So um, like, and, I think, and, uh, yeah, I, I think she'd be a good Jessica Fletcher. I think that's a good pick. I think that's a good pick. In that same vein, my my brain immediately shot to Susan Sarandon. Yeah, that's a good one. I think that 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 she's. I don't know. She's she's probably willing to do that kind of shit now. You know what? She'd be a um, a really cool pick for it too because Jessica Fletcher was like smart i guess yeah. but just towards her writing and figuring out the clues that were like it kind of in your face type of thing but susan sarandon comes off as like smart like genuinely smart yeah. so she would yeah. she would bring a different layer to jessica yeah. fletcher that i think would be super interesting i i agree i agree okay so now you got to pick a young actress like if it's like let's say it's the beginnings of murder she wrote first novel oh, prequel, who would you yeah prequel who would you who would you who would you have Ooh, well, then, so I, I'm going to stick with my favorite. My, my my quick answer, my quick answer was Florence Pugh. Uh, she can do an American accent. Um, she's really good at it, actually. As, if you've seen Oppenheimer, she's a <laughs> job of it. But uh, also just a great actress. She also has a beautiful, beautiful, but um, she also can play like a down-to-earth, like that Northeastern, uh, where was she from? Yeah. New Hampshire or Massachusetts. Yeah. She, can, she can pull that off. And yeah. uh, I also think that because she's young, we're, we're saying, right, she's right, there would be a little bit of that naivety, naivety, I mean, yeah, sure. that she can get, and she has gotten across in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say Anya Taylor-Joy, but she also is a little bit too fabulous. She's too fab. I, You know, and this is no knock. I, I think I think this actress is very uh, attractive or whatnot, a beautiful woman. Uh, Dakota Johnson. I oh, think she God, could, she'd be really good. She'd be like, hot, but like very, you could, you could dress her down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Angela Lansbury, from what I understand, is she was like Hellboy. I know you saw the David Harbor one, yeah. but uh, and then there's the, <laughs> I did unfortunately the original ones with the Guillermo del Toro, mm-hmm. uh, which were awesome. But uh, were you a fan of the actual comics? I I never I've never read an issue of any Hellboy story in my life. Not that I just like I just never have come across them. You know, I think I yeah I like them. I think Mike Mignola is kind of like. Uh... Well, I mean, he's hugely successful, and it's to say like yeah. he's underrated is super stupid. But he, you don't hear him brought up as like a good writer, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I think he is. I think that's a fun story. It, it takes a lot, you know. It borrows a lot from other, you know, uh, popular fictions, and but it combines it in, a, I think, a really cool way. Uh, I, I like the comics, and I, you know, I, I liked the original uh, Hellboy movies. The third one's kind of whatever, but and the reboot, pretty awful pretty bad but i i like the i like the core of it yeah so the knock i actually haven't seen the the reboot but the the big knock that i heard against it i heard a lot of knocks against it, but yeah. the big thing that is that that for it was whatever two hours but it crammed in like just about every single hellboy story there is even if it was just a, a mention here a nod there apparently there's a hellboy arc where he's in mexico that on its own could have been a whole movie and it's like mm. five minutes in in the new one but uh yeah. this hellboy reboot that's coming up it's straight up it's called hellboy the crooked guy or the crooked man and it's crooked man, yep. yeah it's just that arc now not having i haven't seen the the uh the new one but uh i did see the golden army which i think is also just one arc right I believe so yep i, I hellboy i know is a, a vast 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 series so Trying to get in every little thing or even trying to get in the major moments isn't a good idea. So nah. the idea of just doing one story, I like that. I mean, this, 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 I'm, I was interested in the David Harbor one and then I heard awful things about it. So I never saw it, but uh, this one has piqued my interest again, which based on the reviews from the last one, I absolutely should want to keep my distance from it. But the fact that they're tying it up, that sounds really cool to me. I, I Check it out. I, I yeah I think it I think it has all the potential. It'll be interesting to see who they get to play Hellboy because uh, you know Ron Perlman did such a great job. Honestly, David Harbour didn't do an awful job. I think the writing of that movie was just really bad. It was super gory. It was ex- like I actually thought the special effects were really cool. So and then the director of this I uh, just read is uh, the guy who directed Crank. Say what you want. That's an awesome action movie. So amazing. The first one is great. Yeah, the first one incredibly cool and fun and uh if if you get the kind of the fast-paced kind of spirit of that maybe to help with that, that yeah i'm here for it the studio that's doing it is called ketchup entertainment okay. never heard of them but nope. <laughs> uh jack jack kessie is playing hellboy yeah I uh, he, i've never he's been in 
Well, he's in a movie called Shiro's, which I saw, but he's just been in a little, little smaller movies. I don't. Okay, see. okay, he's a he's a he's a strong jawed man. Yeah, yeah, he you know he he looks the part of Hellboy, like yeah. absolutely. Uh, looks like he had a part in these aren't good things necessarily, but he had a a part in the Death Wish remake and in the Baywatch remake. He was also in a movie called Blood Brother. But he was in a Dark Web. Uh, I didn't even know they still made Dark Web movies, but apparently there was one that just came out in twenty twenty one. Okay, get it, Jack. <laughs> he was in Deadpool too. He's Black Tom in Deadpool too. Oh, okay, all right. I'll have to watch Deadpool too to know who that is. But yeah, <laughs> Mosquito State. I think I saw that movie. It's uh, about a dude on Wall Street. If it's the one that I'm thinking of, Intruders. He was in Intruders. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. I, I yeah. I know who this guy is. Um, Mosquito State isn't all that great, but um, uh, yeah. He he's a he definitely looks the part of Hellboy, and uh, yeah. I like that they're narrowing it down narrowing their focus down um we'll see okay it sounds like it's going to be and it sounds like uh, after what happened they're not going to spend a lot of money on it and that's probably for the best that's a good idea uh murder she wrote and hellboy are in the distant future but uh we have some stuff that's coming up soon genre of the future we had just talked about how much we like mysteries and um mm-hmm we are a horror podcast so yes, we are come in september the 15th to theaters a mix of mystery and horror a haunting in venice another poirot movie from oh, kenneth yes. brana where he goes to venice and uh, uh initially it looks like he's trying to debunk a medium a medium then, yeah. yeah and then people start dying as they often do around her kill for poirot um, I'm sure I, he, he, I, sometime he says, Madame Auguste cannot kill someone. <laughs> this, yeah, this is exactly what he says. <laughs> the, um, I, I, I like the, uh, I saw um, Murder on the Orient Express. I like the original more, oh, but I like the new one. I like yeah. the new one. I liked Death on the Nile, too. On the Nile too, I like Death on the Nile, too. Yep. That, that was really fun. Oh, uh, I think Kenneth Brown, I, like, he gets, uh, he doesn't get a fair shake sometimes. Like, uh, I think people like hold like the first Thor movie against him and stuff, but he's a really good. He's done some really good stuff. He's um, good. Yeah, he's really good. he is. Like uh, he obviously loves Shakespeare and classical. <laughs> he, he he loves that shit. Uh, um, I think Hunting in Venice looks like a lot of fun. Like I'm super I, looking forward to seeing it. I can't freaking wait. I'm gonna like. I'll be at the theater for this one. Like this is like oh, sneaky gonna kill it at the box office. I think. I think you know it's what? oh uh, over twenty five million. I'm gonna say. Wow, like you know, I haven't um checked the box, so I'm assuming that the nun is number one. Oh, it's gotta be. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this overtook it. Like, and uh, I hope it does too, because you know, it seems like with uh, Death on the Nile and Murder now, Murder on the Orient Express, it kind of makes sense because it was it, it had to live up to the original, which is amazing. Death on the Nile, people were just like hating on it, and. I don't know. I I don't see what the big deal about it. Like I don't know why they hated it that much because that was a really fun movie. I I thought it was really really good. I I thought uh, what's his name uh, was sneaky great in it. Um, uh, Russell Brand. But that's an awesome movie. Um, I it's a little over the top, more over the top, but I mean not any more over the top than any of those stories really. But uh, yeah, I don't know why. I think there's like I really don't get the Kenneth Branagh hate. Like it, he does catch a lot of shit. And I'm like, did he do or say something a few years ago that I didn't catch? Or so? I don't know. There's got to be something to to just it being him because these movies are super fun. I think people just think he's like really pretentious or something. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, anyone who loves Shakespeare that much. <laughs> yeah. That's his actual mustache. Okay. Like that's. Like... <laughs> <laughs> he had that also. He, he did Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, which people shit all over. Yeah, that too, and. Um, I don't, I don't know. What is it? He's done a lot of Shakespeare, lots of Shakespeare stuff. Yeah, so I like gothic Shakespeare shit. Yeah, no, he's cool. yeah, like he does, him. he does. But um, he's, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think he gets. Uh, we were just talking about uh, Mike Mignola about who's underrated and who's not, and maybe it wouldn't be fair to call because critically, people seem to love him, even though even then he doesn't get his just due. But um, I think that's what it amounts to. People always he always gets the short end of the stick. Yeah, I, I agree. Do, uh, does he have a, an Academy Award for anything? No. He doesn't. <laughs> he does not. Damn. Does Damn. Not. That's wild. He's married to Emma Thompson, who would also be a great Jessica Fletcher. You're correct. As long as 
people have told stories. There's always been stories about it. So this happened to a friend of a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge part of horror. Huge part of horror. Urban legends, urban myths, modern, whatever you want to call them. As technology has improved in the decades ago, the years, it hasn't stopped. It's just gotten crazier. Uh, elevator game. That started and began in Korea, actually. And the elevator game is basically you go in an elevator and you press the buttons. You go, you write it in a certain order. And then on the fifth floor, I think the story is you see a woman. You don't look at her. You don't address her. You don't do anything. And then you go back in the elevator. You try to go to the first floor. You either go to the first floor and go on with your life or you end up in another dimension or something like oh, that. Okay, but, sure. but yeah, that's, that's, the, that's how I've seen it online. But uh, I think how it relates to American audiences. And I don't remember the name and we talked about the documentary on here, but that the Canadian girl who died um, at the hotel, uh, um, Lisa lamb or whatever. Her name yeah, lamb, lamb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 One of the theories I've heard, and I remember we saw that awful documentary with all the stupid web sleuths on it. No, oh. uh, that, um, one of the theories I've heard is she was playing the elevator game. Oh. And, and then the whole thing is she's playing the elevator. A few days later, she's found in the tank of the hotel water or tank, water tank yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So that's one of the things I've heard. But um, yeah, elevator uh, game is coming to shutter, and it is about that game, uh, not that particular case, however. But uh, it's about a, a boy who um, he's uh, befriended a group of people who they online they debunk urban myths. He's kind of infiltrated them because his sister disappeared months earlier. He thinks it's because of the elevator game. So he wants to convince him to do the elevator game, and that's never a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Coming to Shudder, um, I, I'm a sucker for. I, I like the urban myth movies back in or urban legends. I mean, I like those oh. movies. Okay, back in the day. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, I mean, I hate to say it, but this is like the perfect movie for this time of year, right? Like, get oh, us yeah. ready for spooky season. Like, it'll help us glide right in. I think. <laughs> I think this. I think. Uh, I think this movie looks like a ton of fun and i i'm actually like super looking forward to watching it it looks really really great and then the um director rebecca mckendry she is i want to say it's at ucla it might be at usc but she's a professor in in horror movies like is she really and i want to say it's usc because they're the one with the big film department Uh, oh but she's a she's a professor that teaches horror films or horror film studies which is amazing on top of that i've never seen one of her lectures never 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 had a chance to do any of that but i did see glorious which came out i want to say two years ago had um jk simmons in it it is a cosmic horror with a glory hole in it an amazing 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 movie can't recommend it enough it's it's on shutter like it's a great watch for sure i don't know if this will be in that same it's definitely not in the same vein i don't know if it can be as good because glorious is it's a, it's glorious it really is an amazing movie but uh awesome. just because of her involvement and um and I, i'm a sucker for like bloody mary type things anyway oh, yeah. but her involvement pushes it over the top of september the 15th that is coming to shutter uh, um on september the 21st theaters it's Kind of good to see these smaller movies are getting the theatrical runs yeah. again. I mean, it's only for a week or two right. and they're on stream, but still, it's cool. It's super cool. We've talked about how there's all kinds of vampire movies. There's all kinds of werewolf movies, too. Shaky Shivers. Um, I don't know if it's a werewolf movie per se, but it's about uh, a girl who, um, well, she's afraid she's turning into something, right? Yes. And uh, it looks silly. Uh, this is, it looks like it's a whole, it looks really funny. But it doesn't look like it takes away from the horror, which it looks like a really good werewolf movie. It 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 does. It looks like it's uh, like nestled uh, very hard in the camp kind of like variety of horror film, which I'm all about. And uh, what a, a thing that I greatly appreciate from this trailer is it does not show you the monster in any way at all. Oh. Um, so it leaves you to believe maybe there is no monster. I don't know if there is. There could not be. I sure hope there is. I think it looks again like a ton of fun. This is again, this is just what I want at this time of year. I, I just want light. Let me sit down and veg out for an hour and a half. And I, I think, uh, I think this looks awesome too. And we talked about um, kind of Dracula kind of getting the sh- uh, short served. Uh, Vampire super popular, but Dracula not always. Werewolf movies. There's there's a lot of good ones, but uh, there are so many bad werewolf <laughs> movies. Like I, I um, 
I'm a fan of were, were, werewolves, but uh, whenever I hear about a werewolf movie, I'm very, very hesitant to watch it all the time. I, I yeah. just saw one by Larry Fessenden, actually. It was a like an, a New York horror icon, right? I mean, and, yep. um, he's done a whole lot of good stuff. But uh, even his and and, and uh, Barbara, uh, Barbara Crampton was in it. Like even then, I was kind of like, ooh, I don't know about it. Like. I think werewolves have been, uh, they definitely haven't been underserved, but I think they've been poorly served in horror, which is kind of a weird thing to say. But, yeah. um, I, I think of werewolves and I think of like kind of barbaric cartoons, which just isn't right. Yeah, man, like uh, there, there's been a few that have come out. Like uh, I really enjoyed uh, Werewolves Within. Like that 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 movie. Oh, is, that was cool. I like that. That was one. a fun, fun movie. Um, but yeah, I, there's something about werewolves that uh, you got to really card commit to a werewolf film because you either you either need to play your cards like really like well wolf of snow hollow they they do some really neat shit with that movie yeah. that is you know subterfuge but you know if you're going full wolf you know like that requires special effects and some that requires a little bit more you know like than a vampire movie I would, uh, you know it, it's strange to me that there there are so many because it seems like it's hard it seems like a hard hard monster to do <laughs> it is and then like you're going to be compared your your transformation it's going to be compared to american werewolf in london there's that's no way always, around it yeah. and, and and that's from what 81 to yeah, and to up. this it is the it, it's it's the bar it remains the bar and uh not i mean like you mentioned um wolves wolves snow hollow which is awesome yeah. but um then you get stuff like wolf with jack nicholson who's a great actor but like it just you know yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Werewolves are hard. You're right. Super, but this movie, it seems to know like uh, what it wants to be, and it looks like a lot of fun. And I'm definitely looking forward to it. Me too. Last week we raved about uh, a documentary. We kill for love, which was a documentary about erotic thrillers. And then we raved about erotic thrillers so much so that we decided to do a whole episode on erotic <laughs> thrillers. Now. Things didn't quite work out how they planned because we wanted to kind of do a comparison of uh, of, uh, of decades, but uh, we did find two erotic thrillers. And we're going to start with one from 1991, Undying Love. It sounds incredibly serious, um, and actually it's described as being very serious. It's about a, a young man named Scott who decides one night he is going to take his life spoiler alert this is from 91 so we're gonna tell you everything about it and you know this there's kind of some twists and turns in this kind of sort of (laughs) (laughs) he tries to kill himself doesn't quite succeed his friends laugh at him meets a woman named camilla who turns out to be a vampire and then uh i mean things just kind of go wacky from there so very first thing and i texted you i was like man i can't find this movie where is this movie (laughs) And I, I was looking on Roku, and I did find uh, a few things called "Undying Love." But they were like, yeah. they were like reality shows or romantic dramas and stuff. And then finally, I went into Prime, and then there it was, and it was the picture you had sent me, and it was how you had described it when we talked about it last week. It's twenty twenty two, Undying Love. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, there's the description, and I was like, okay, cool. I, I love that I can't find this on that. I had to kind of dig for this. Love it. Love the 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 cover or the thumbnail or whatever. Yeah. That was awesome. The description sounds great. And then the movie starts and I'm like, whoa, like, okay, yeah, this is low budget. Way. This is, I'm thinking, okay, this is low budget, ultra, ultra low budget. And then this like Grandmaster Flash Furious 5 rap song plays. And I'm like, what is this, 1983? Like, what's going on here? So what exactly is happening? And it turns out it says it's from 2022. It came out in 1991. I'm thinking it was made in like 1974. Uh, <laughs> it feels if, old. If you can't find it under Undying Love, then uh, look up New York Vampire. New York and, Vampire. Uh, that's where you, that I, I found it super easy going that route with it. But, yeah. Um, initially, like, um, and we cover low budget on here. I mean, we indie film, we, we like to consider ourselves champion of indie films, but this is a few years before Clerk. Clerks and the, and the Blair Witch Project and indie and Miramax made like indie films like a cool thing. Even as indie films go, I mean, this is like a bunch yeah. of people getting together and just like, hey guys, let's uh let's make a movie out of this this script that I wrote in seventh grade. Yeah, uh, I'm in film school now uh, in New York. Hey everybody, I have an apartment we can film in. Would you guys want to be in a movie? 
uh is the vibe i got uh what a lesson in judging a book by its cover i guess for sure um also uh this is touted as being a an erotic erotic romp and uh i i don't know if they told the filmmakers that <laughs> <laughs> well so interesting about this one is initially they kind of give you a like hints That's of eroticism taste. like when you first like are introduced to camilla and it's really funny because it's supposed to be this like i guess a swanky party because there's an editor from a fashion magazine there but it's uh, obviously someone's studio apartment yep like they're all just like crowded in either the kitchen or the living room because the living room. only rooms that there are there's a little like it, they hint at it right because camilla like she's a model and she looks like a model she looks like a vampire like yeah. it seems like okay this is going to be your entryway into eroticism and there are a few sex scenes in this what you get in the beginning like that tease that's all that you all get you, there is all you get there's nothing erotic about this movie at all. No, as a matter of fact, it's almost one of the least sexy movies I've ever seen. It, every, there was, uh, even the people that you might consider attractive are like not attractive because of how they're dressed and like out the the set se- settings, you know, like the where these scenes were taking place weren't, weren't sexy. You know, no, there was there was not one. Like there's that one, I guess that one time you see, uh, who's like the fucking long haired vampire asshole, uh, uh, Evan. Oh, the Evan. one who uh, her like not her master, like, but like yeah, yeah, that dude, yeah, the that the, the, the villain. He's the villain. the villain. Yes, I thought like, oh, we're gonna get to see this fucking long haired balding fucker like have a sex party with a bunch of vampire chicks. Like I thought yeah. that's where our eroticism was gonna come in, maybe or like. Maybe uh, she lures uh, Scott to like one of these things and like they have this like crazy orgy. Nope. Yeah, it's asking a lot. Uh, it's a vampire movie where the vampires don't even have fangs. They don't so have fangs. A wild, bloody orgy, unfortunately. Like, I, I, excuse me, I was thinking along those same lines. I'm like, okay, this guy has the look of a sleazeball who like is just going to hook up with a bunch of his like his thralls. Yeah. His, like, this is definitely what's going to happen. And they even kind of like they go to this like there's the first there is a party, party. yeah. Then there's a party with celebrities. Yes. (laughs) And they tease it here. Like it's like, okay, the celebrities are into this vampire world. And and it's actually and it's not the worst idea. It's it's not the only time they've ever done it in these movies, but it's super cool. It's a cool idea. Like celebrities are into they're not full on vampires, but they're they're not vampires at all, but they're they want to experience the rush yeah. and super cool. And then I'm thinking, okay, this is where we're going to get some sort of, because at this point I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm like, this has to be the least sexy movie I've ever seen. And <laughs> yeah, it's because it's in dingy apartments. So I'm like, uh, we were talking last night, lavish LA. This is like in dingy New York. Oh, like, this is like in the, the worst like hell's kills kitchen or whatever they call right, it. Like exactly. That. This is where like, you're wishing that they, they they're wishing that they were like daredevil so they couldn't see anything they, they like it's there's a there's a cool idea even the idea of him trying to kill himself and then not succeeding Can't do it, yeah. it's kind of a cool premise they, they never do anything with it because they just have his friends laugh at him it that be, was bizarre right How, was like the, the reaction thing. to like oh you're you're the you're that dumbass who tried to kill himself you're, huh? you're, you're you're the dude who tried to kill himself oh that's hilarious <laughs> pussy yeah, and there's there's a lot of problem. I mean, you watch older movies and you're gonna see something problematic, but this stuff it's like even in '91, you're like, there's no way this would be cool. Like, exactly, they're laughing at this dude who tried to kill himself. They invite him to the party to laugh at him, just seems. to laugh at his in his face. And it's like, it, they, but if you're gonna go that route with this this person who, I guess he was suicidal for the opening five minutes or whatever, because you don't yeah. really get any of that later, but. If you have this character who's like, okay, I, I want to die, but they can't die because they're a vampire. That's kind of you can you can do something with that. Yeah, there's some there there. Yeah, they they do nothing with it yeah. at all. They there there's the opening scene, they laugh at him at the party, and then there's the end, and that's it. Yep. Uh, super. Oh, there's also a half cocked, uh, semi baked cop with a vendetta. I love the co- <laughs> the so the thing that stands out about this movie. Uh, I, Nothing good stands out about this movie, but the dialogue and the performances are, they have to be some of the worst we've ever seen. Ever seen. I mean, it is yeah. 
bad like yeah. it goes beyond um or it doesn't go far enough to the so bad it's good category i mean <laughs> i mean the, the cop he's the one saving grace in that it's not good it's bad and it's funny like he's <laughs> Like when he's uh he meets the dude in the bar and I mean they're just sitting at a table that and it's just there's light behind them like they could be in a hallway for all we know. <laughs> yeah, totally. it's, it's really shitty, but um he's the one thing that you're like okay this dude's so awful that it's watchable. But uh, the reason that I found this movie so not sexy is uh yeah the settings are bad the costumes are awful but like the overact the, the performances are just. You can, if you look close enough, I think you can see the people mouthing the words at the people. So they know their cue. You know? <laughs> They're like, okay, they said four. Now I speak. Like yeah. you can kind of see it. It's, it's bad. It's really It was, bad. yeah. Waiting, waiting for lines to be delivered. The, the, our main guy, Scott, dude, like he, I Ooh, hated worse. that fucking guy. Dude. He oh, worse. he's so annoying. His performance is annoying. His character is annoying. I really laughed fully out loud when um he's like i guess he's just uh shacked up with uh camilla which we don't get to see we have no we do not get to watch them have sex in this erotic thriller uh his girlfriend walks in and he literally is like jumps out of bed and zips up his pants and she's like fuck you you know scott and he runs after him, he goes like one of those like it's not what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He pulled the Dennis Rodman. Remember when uh, yeah. oh, Carmen Electra right. walked in and, and he was and he was just like, "What girl?" <laughs> like, I think he said she fell off the ceiling or something like that. He had an awesome answer. Oh, we needed Dennis Rodman in this movie. Actually, we needed the yeah, worm. You know what? We, we we probably should do a Dennis Rodman episode because I know he's done a lot of the, the um this movie. Like and so because. It's low budget. I get it. And you can only do so much with effects. I get it. But uh, the way they get around, like, so the vampires don't have fangs. They just walk around in the sun like nothing. And then, I mean, that's okay, whatever. But then there's a part where one vampire, he's talking to the cop, I think, the the main evil one. And he says something to the, yeah, because the cop has the holy water and it doesn't work. Which we've seen before. It's like, oh, you've read too many stories. That shit doesn't work on me. Yeah, okay, that's cool. It happens. But he says like, oh, yeah, like, that's not true like the only thing about a vampire is we don't get sick and we we live longer but we can die like anybody else i'm like yeah. ah, that's bullshit that's and then, bullshit. then they proceed to die like anybody else <laughs> yeah. shitty 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 and that was that scene was super inconsistent like he uh he, uh, he dresses the place up like olive garden like he has garlic hanging from the, all over the rafters and shit <laughs> and and at first, the guy is acting all, which I guess is just, I guess that's him playing with the guy. But it, it seemed like he was actually like not into the crucifixes and stuff. And then he literally just turns on a dime and is like, actually, none of that shit works. I was like, okay, like, great. Yeah, why did you, why did you humor him at all? Yeah, right. Exactly. It's, it's, and then know, the, dude. and then the movie. So it's, it's, it does have a coherent plot. I will give it does. that. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. the uh the cop um he's been after camilla for like a quarter of a century 25 years or something like that and he remembers her face and yeah. when he sees a picture of her he's like holy shit that's the girl who killed my partner yeah. i i know there's something wrong with her and so they they do have that going <laughs> i love their it. flashback to that too oh uh, it's amazing that's really <laughs> good too uh oh, they have this it is a plot they have a city plot but then like the shit that happens like there's random like um scott has a confrontation with his friend that kind of goes nowhere like the cop in the bar kind of is um but like the the end like is so bad like the big fight scott finally takes on evan it's going to be this vampire against new vampire against old vampire we've seen it before and it's usually cool and in this it's just it's two young new yorkers with no money cat fighting with yeah. each other and and then one of does he shoot him or does he stab him, shoots him. and it shoots him just shoots him with a gun and then and then they don't even have a cool visual for that no. like it's just it's done like and and then because that's not good enough like because it would be weird if he walked off with camilla because he did cheat on his girlfriend who yeah uh, really did love him and yeah, saved and he his got her killed, life basically. yeah and, and like and it would be weird if he left with camilla but it turns out that you know twist she's the one who's behind it all oh she loves him but she 
but does she just love him so he could kill Evan? And then she killed his girlfriend. And what I mean, at that point, I'm like, yeah, it, it, I I didn't see it coming because it was so stupid. But um, I was just like, what the fuck is up with this movie? I, it was, and then I guess he tried kills himself at the end because vampires can die like anybody else. That's right. And he he this time he carves Chris like a cross into his wrists as to make it more effective, which everybody knows you go down the tracks, not across the street. <laughs> that, that's true. And also the movie has already told us that the crucifixes don't work on them. So I guess he so was just like, yeah, <laughs> I guess he was just, just it didn't work the, the one way the first time. So do it both ways. So he gets it right. And then, yep. I don't know. I, I did the, the, here, this is how bad of a movie this is like the big the big takeaway for me is in the very first scene is um evan uh robs a drug dealer from i also thought there would be nudity there yeah uh, um he robs the drug dealer for money and uh as i'm watching the movie later i'm like oh that's kind of cool she's a model he robs drug dealers like because vampires usually just have money yeah i was like oh i like how these people these, these, these yeah. they actually have to hustle for their money and that's kind of cool. yeah they're out there hitting feet in the streets yeah no that was actually kind of cool you're right yeah. i was like yeah that, that's 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 pretty neat you don't really get much of that but uh fires on the hustle <laughs> undying love it's on prime right now don't be fooled it, it does say it's from 2022 but that is the one that you're looking for <laughs> yeah undying love see or no see Oh no, 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 don't don't see it. <laughs> Do whatever you can to avoid it. Oh man. Uh again, just what if uh it was the classic gotcha of the old video store shelf with a great cover, it yep. it got us. It got us. Don't watch this movie. Yeah, it completely got us. And uh this is bad. This is one of the worst things we've ever seen on Definitely. this show. And we've talked about it before where it's like, man, I I just really hate that i have to say bad things about this movie i have no regrets no, about no, saying no, that I, I have no remorse at all this movie is awful the only reason we will not be talking about it again is because it was made 30 years ago and it, 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 we will not cover on any retrospective um maybe a best of or worst of all time type of thing but yeah bye bye awful. new york vampire our feature presentation comes from 1991 dance with death and the cover is amazing it is a scantily clad woman holding the barrel of a pistol and uh seductively dancing with it uh, <laughs> a giant pistol giant. a huge pistol and it's the story <laughs> of a reporter who has to track down a serial killer and what choice does she have but to become a topless dancer That's right in order to catch this stripper or excuse me this killer so Martin Mole. Yeah. I did not know Martin Mole was in the movie. Uh, so, so immediately I'm like, whoa, like it's kind of like when your ears perk up type of thing. Uh-huh. I see his name. I'm like, whoa, shit. Okay. What's going on here? And then it goes on a few more seconds and I'm like, is this a TV movie? Because it had this like TV movie feel to it. It did. And then a few minutes later, it very much Big. was not a TV movie. <laughs> and it constantly was not a TV movie. Martin Mole. I did not know Martin Mole was ever in an erotic thriller. And we talked about how in that documentary, We Kill for Love, they talked about how, you know, names that people forgot. And then they, they showed all these great actors like David Duchovny. Yeah. Martin Mole is a very big... I mean, this is around his Roseanne time, right? Uh, 90, it's got to be the start of that, right? Like, uh, Roseanne ran from, what, 89 to... Like 99 or something like, something like that, 97, 90, something like that. Yeah. yeah. So he, this is like uh maybe he was still because I know he was Leon. He he became yeah. more important as things. Maybe this is in the beginning, like when I don't know, maybe they only thought he'd be a, a minor character and then he was so popular he was on for you know the, the he's long great. Martin Mull is awesome. Like he's that, an that, amazing actor. So he's that's what badass. I, yeah. Yeah. I saw that and I was like, okay, this is not gonna be your run of the real run, which I would have been fine with. But so, I was right. like, I was like, okay, Martin Wall, cool, and 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 he is very good in this. Yes, he is, and like that, he's not the only name you'll and face you'll recognize here. I was like, that sure looks like Lisa Kudrow, and it is Lisa, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow of Friends fame, yeah, is, yeah. Smelly yes, Cat, Smelly Cat herself is the uh, reporter assistant chick. The, like, the, she like has the, like three the, or four scenes yeah 
she shows up at the strip club with her with the boss, right? Right, right, right. That's Lisa Kudrow. She's dude. helping her getting ready at one point. Yep. I think. I think that's she kind of. Lisa. Oh wow! I did not notice that. Yes, this has sir. to be one of her early roles. It's her first movie, I think. I think it was her oh. first credit. Um, the other names or faces you might recognize are Michael McDonald yes, of yes. Mad TV. Yeah. He's got like a really weird little small role. And then the other guy who's a handsome devil, holy cow, Maxwell Caulfield. He, that guy's been in so much shit. Yeah, like, I was going to say, he's, he's, he's a in whole lot of fucking everything. Yeah. Um, and then Barbara Barbara Woods, um, she like, uh, hey, we'll say it. Great, great portrayal of a... Uh, journalist uh posing as a stripper in this she does a great job also apparently hugely popular on like one tree hill was like had huge credits and on tv and stuff so this vidal sassoon's daughter is in this come on dude and it has and it's so this movie so uh we just talked about a movie with no eroticism in it this one has lots of nudity lots and lots and i'm I'm actually this might have uh, more nudity than uh, most erotic thrillers, I would say. Yeah. Um, there's not much in the way of eroticism, though. Like there is right. a, a sex scene in it, but um, it, it, it's straight up nudity. I wouldn't say it's like gross, though. I mean, it's a strip club, so I mean, you know, like it's just it, it's being natural, basically. But uh, the um, like the so there's surveillance cameras and there's secret tapes in there, which yeah. is super awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's nothing erotic about that either. Like um, when the cop Max Caulfield and and, and the reporter when they they for their relationship kind of comes out of nowhere. Like I was actually rooting for her to hook up with the other stripper because oh. they seem to have like a, a general and so you got to have lesbians in these things. Yeah, right? totally. And uh, they but they had some really good chemistry in their scenes, whereas uh, with the cop she didn't. It just kind of came out of nowhere. It, it seemed really Hell forced. forced. Like, yeah. yeah, oh, cool sex scene, not erotic. <laughs> they they tried, no. but it, it was it, it it it. But it did very much fit in with the feel of the movie. Yeah, I, I totally agree. The sex scene, yeah, not erotic really. It was of the uh, man. There was a lot of it during this time, but some of it was actually like fucking sexy. Which is like it's the dimly lit bedroom with like the light from outside shining through the blinds. Like that's kind of the vibe you're getting in this in this sex scene. But yeah, it's it's more just of her boobs. And like back to the nudity, it, like they literally every chance they get, they let you watch a a, a, a full dance uh, essentially um, yeah. from all the from all the girls. And it was you know I get it. That's basically what the movie is for. But it felt it. None of it was like sexy really it was like yeah they were doing these like strip teases and it was more of a burlesque act than it you know than i thought like a a true sexy you know strip i don't know it was a it was a really strange tone it was so one lady really freaked me out because uh i thought i was like oh my gosh she is bronze but i thought it was too much tanner but she was literally covered in gold and that was the song was like not gold dust woman by by fleetwood no they they did not pay for any music (laughs) this was not any music that you would be familiar with Uh -uh. uh yeah it's all very like uh i'd say what every seven to Ten minutes, 10 minutes get a get a striptease it's all it's all above the waist um yeah know, frontal or anything like that and this uh, it's tasteful it's, just tasteful it, as you can it's as tasteful as one of these is gonna get yeah and you know it's funny like so you're right this is the, the main purpose of this movie is, <laughs> is to show off the, these women but uh you know like looking like back then i would have watched it for one reason two reasons um but um like um now you know i watch it and i'm like this yeah, like or <clears throat> cast for a specific reason, but I just don't see it as objectifying. It clearly is because they're working in strip club, right? But yeah. I don't know. Like it, it just seemed like the writing flowed really well. And I'm not saying it was written like this is this great Aww. story. It's just for the story it was telling. Like it wouldn't have made sense if they were in, you know, if they were fully dressed. Like if they were at a go-go club. Like I don't know. Nah. <clears throat> well, like and it and like I, I do think that like there's this. Uh, there is kind of a message to it which is like um it's like it is like kind of like woman empowering it, to some degree because she's you know very much taking the, say it very charge much, yeah yeah she's taking charge of her her life and her career and her job and and they go out of their way to be like look at her fucking schlubby fucking boss who just wants to come look at her tits like they go out of their way to say that kind of stuff and yeah. ultimately yeah i mean this this script must have been 30 pages long right like this was right. there was nothing to this thing but you know 
compared to the last movie we just covered like this is a this is a kubrick level f- storytelling compared to that you know and it's it it holds together its little through line right and it i think it satisfies you know the mystery to a large degree i and, think so yeah, yeah. and well, i walked out when this ultimately this movie i felt like it did what it was set out to do like pretty well like i think it nailed its goal i think so So i saw this one before undying love so um i didn't have like the point of comparison for it and i came out of this like very satisfied with with the watch and i think that it is like a lot of times we talk about like you know a movie was made in you know 1991 and then 30 years later someone will be like oh yeah like the reason i did that is because I was ahead of the curve and I was just, you know, getting right. low, empowering women. I think this movie actually does a really good job of it because you got the reporter, but then even the dancers, like they aren't, they're not, they're not sluts. Like they were often, no. like, um, they're not weak. They're, they don't cry. They're very strong women. Like That's they don't strong, take yeah. shit from anyone. And it's not just the sassy kiss my grits type of thing. Like they're, <laughs> they're like tough women. Yeah. Like they're really, really tough women. Like, I also think that Kelly, was that her name? The main character? Yes. Yep. Yeah. As uh so this isn't a horror movie, but she is a final girl in this. And uh as final girls go, pretty fucking awesome. Like yeah. her 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 final confrontation. I mean, yeah, she's dressed in a way <laughs> maximum um eye goggling out of this. <laughs> her skirt <Yeah>. is <laughs> pretty ridiculously ridiculously short skirt, but um I mean <laughs> she's amazing in this yeah. like she she has to run away from the he's like spoiler alert this is from you know 91 so we're gonna let you know everything but the cop ends up being the killer she has to run from him initially but once she once she you know found her weapons and she's ready to go i mean she fucking takes it to him including yeah. we get one of my absolute favorite scenes in movies which we don't get anymore because of cgi but person on fire flailing Oh, I love it. So Always good. love it. And this yeah. is a really good one. It's a it looked dangerous. Those are the best ones. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked like somebody got hurt in that scene. It was awesome. It was yeah. really good. Well, I, I read somewhere, I forgot where that I think the maximum is supposed to be like seven, eight seconds. This was a good like 12, 15 oh, yeah. seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't an eternity for that motherfucker. That's yeah. Right. This was a this was a long one. This is a really good one. I love oh. the crescendo of this movie, man. It had a great, great finale. Super good. And one of the things that I got out of We We, we Kill for Love, and uh, we didn't really talk about it, is that um, that um, a lot of times with erotic thrillers, they they pull from all sorts. Of, and then we talked yeah. about the Hitchcock influence and then uh, even going back to uh, gothic romances. And then, of course, from modern times, they would pull stuff. It was always kind of like a, a low budget version of this. And there's right. a lot of that in this. Like, there was scenes parts of this where like I, I love giallo and this is no giallo at all <laughs> but you can see like a giallo influence in this yeah so where where like and the killer's like wearing sunglasses and a trench coat and is stabbing stabbing beautiful women i mean yeah. mutilating them like it's like really uh-huh. really well it's super engaging and they do a wonderful thing with a mystery where every single person in this movie has a purpose everyone is a suspect Every and they tell you why this person is stuck because of this. Oh, maybe maybe she's setting because she's a jealous girlfriend. Oh, the owner's cigar was found here. Like I loved it. Like you yeah. did not know who it was. I mean, the twist is kind yeah. of obvious, but uh, super cool. I, I was like totally into this. Oh, I yeah, I loved it. I could yeah, I I thought yeah, it was perfectly executed. I thought it would have been really quite funny had they like late like late in the movie introduced like a poirot character be like ah oh, you beautiful women <laughs> i'm here to solve this murder but you know it like they i i love that they they kept it they kept you on your toes they they literally did make everybody a suspect even like you 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 almost kind of feel like she's unreliable like you can't really yeah. trust what what she's seeing right and so that's that's cool man that's that's not that's that's not easy to do all the time even on on bigger budget movies so I thought that was going to be the twist, actually, for a, for a yeah. long time. I was positive that she was going to end up being the one who's yeah. doing it. That I thought that, too. Positive, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> if they had introduced a character late in the movie, that would have been a great idea. Because uh, then maybe they could have been explained to us, like, where the hell are all the bouncers? There are no Where's bouncers. At? At this oh, like, it's it, just so, Martin Mull and some other schlup. And, and the DJ, that's it, who was also a great Oh, the DJ, yeah. yeah like, uh, yeah. the... Uh, yeah. 
So it does take place in LA and she's working in in, in a yeah. big beautiful building so you have that even though they only show like the the the, the press room and in, in an office mm-hmm. but uh, it has to be the grimiest part of California cuz this yeah. looked like it was from Undying Love like it was the type <laughs> of strip club where like you go in the door and then upstairs <laughs> thing like it's, it, it's like you walk down from outside and then up again it's like what the, <laughs> why the fuck is this going this on is here? the type of people that like Sailors at dock in London, East End London. Like it's like that kind of yeah. look. Gonna get Shanghai, and... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, I mean the stripper, the very first one, the one who I think the first one is the one who's dancing on the cover. Uh she's killed literally right in front of the door, like at the curb in her right outside. <laughs> she brutally <laughs> and she's screaming and yelling. <laughs> it's just it is brutal and uh, like people are hanging out in the back like whatever like martin Mullis. yeah dude they're like where's whitney <laughs> like, i don't know i don't know there's <laughs> screaming going on outside and her car is there and shaking all crazy but i mean like martin Mullis, lets people go into his office like whatever like uh it's like i don't yeah. know they, they needed the I, I think they um need a little bit more crowd control there but they do uh, but it was the same 14 guys in there every day so that 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 helps when you know your clientele that well that's a good point and then that kind of place they don't have many new it's regulars yeah that's what's keeping a place like that yeah, exactly <laughs> especially when you only have uh the same what starts off as what four or five dancers and then you're down to three yeah also what a yeah. great golf <laughs> i had totally forgot about this but what an amazing bit of nostalgia amateur night i i was that was amateur so- night that was a th- I think that was uh by the time I was old enough to go to bar that that, that had already passed, I think. But yeah, I remember I when I was I... younger always hearing about amateur night, wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> like I was also t-shirt. missed yeah. the boat on that too. But uh yeah. she, the way and super cool too, because you're like, okay, she's a reporter. How does she become a dan how was she this great dancer? No, she's awful. She somehow yeah. wins amateur night. That was a little meh. I don't know how just because it's because she had a great rack. That was the whole that was the joke, I think. Which, right? She's which, like, she's terrible. She better have a great set of tits. And it's like, yeah, she what I would have done because especially comparatively, they, they really weren't. I would have teased that a little bit more. because oh, there's a pro sure. during one of her later dances, she just kind of flashes it. Like I would have done yeah. that. That would have been a little sexier, I think. But I mean yeah. oh yeah, yeah her yeah, Marilyn I mean, Monroe dance. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She just kind of gets and but I mean, yeah, she I mean more power to her. She goes <laughs> yeah. and it's 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 but it also makes sense in the writing too. It's like, okay, how can she it go does. from reporter to dancer? Like, and they don't say, like, oh, back in the day I was a dancer and then I, you know, cleaned up my act or whatever. Like, no, she yeah. wins an amateur night. I mean, <laughs> such a wonderful thing that makes complete sense. Of course, of course. That's what you would do in that situation. You wouldn't just go apply for a job. You would have to win Amateur Night. <laughs> so uh, Dance with Death. This is on Prime also. It's on Freebie also. So Freebie, couple, yeah, yeah. A couple of options for watching this. Uh, C or no C? Oh, you should probably see Dance with Death. Uh I thought this was a ton of fun. And uh, I think it kind of, uh, here's the thing. We tried to do like erotic thrillers on this episode. We we didn't. <laughs> we, 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 we absolutely did not do any erotic thrillers. But this is uh, this is the type of movie that was being made in the 80, like 89, 93 kind of run. Yeah. And uh, it, it it's, a, it's a time capsule. And uh, it's got a ton of, ton of beautiful women in it. It's got a fun story. Martin Mull's in it. He, I think you should check it out. Yeah, down to the cover. This is straight yes. out of 1991. Um, I think this is excellent. Like as, as yeah. much as I <laughs> would say, avoid Undying Love, I would say watch this one. Um, it's not. It's nothing like the erotic thrillers that they. I, actually, I think they kind of missed a whole subset of erotic thrillers, and because there was a lot of that were like this one that are a little on yeah. the grimier side, a little more dangerous. This one, it might be in its own little world, though, because it's it has that whole erotic quality. But then it's kind of mixed with this murder she wrote storytelling. <laughs> really weird. Like that's that TV movie vibe, but also uh, very gratuitous in its nudity and violence. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
check this out. Absolutely. Check this out and uh, check us out every Saturday. You can find us here. We're part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network where uh, there's a bunch of horror themed podcasts and every once in a while we'll cover a horror movie. Um, we also have an open review policy. Maybe you can teach us what an erotic thriller really is. Send it our way. We would love to cover it. Please let us know what an erotic thriller should be, where we can find them, man. Do that on the old social media, on Twitter and Instagram, Adventures in Movies, at Adventures in Movies. You can find us individually, Nathaniel. I call him Patrick's on Instagram, at Adventures in Nathan. I'm Blake. I'm on Twitter, at Four-Eyed Horror. Regina's out there on Twitter, at Danger Chavez. And next week, I'm giving the shivers, and it has nothing to do with Ed Sheeran. Tune in. <laughs> you can find us on apple podcasts you can go to spotify amazon music has podcasts including ourselves we're on morbidly beautiful basically wherever the best podcasts in the world are that's where you will find us wherever you listen to us make sure to give us a rating or just tell a friend to listen and that's our cue we will talk to you next week adios